This is in Stimulate Your Mind, the podcast by Moses Kuria, a weekly mental health podcast that merges information in psychology, neuroscience, research, and personal experiences to help you make informed decisions on your mental health. We're living in an overstimulated society of indulgence. Here, you'll find tools, resources, and hope for your mind and existence. Here's the latest episode of Unstimulate Your Mind. I'm recording this on Sunday the 5th of February 2022. It's Sunday morning, it's 3 minutes past 8 right now. I have to admit I'm not feeling so good. I'm really struggling with my feelings and emotions lately. You know, this is the one place that I can come and rant about how I feel, things that I'm going through, and I know I'm not alone in this. Well, it feels so, like I'm all alone in this, but I'm again sure that I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Mental health struggles sometimes find us in different corners, and not to suppress any thought or to disregard any sort of pain, but you'll find some of us because of the mental disorders we have and the anxiety things we were diagnosed with. We do face them at a very large scale, and others may face it, you know, spontaneously. It just depends on where you are with your mental health. But all the same, they're all issues we do face, and we have a platform like this one where we can talk about the struggles every day. So today's topic is more or less on what I've just told you, how I'm feeling. So I decided to put together a podcast on the science of emotions, understanding feelings and emotions, which is basically me reading this to myself. And then an article, which, oh boy, you do love me reading your stuff. So I'll do the reading later after we get to understand all this. Remember the idea of this podcast is to provide you and me resources information tools that you can use to make informed decisions on your mental health so we use stuff like neuroscience we use research we use psychology we use personal experiences like this one that i'm in right now and together when we fuse them we'll find great hope and we'll find resources that will help us persevere through another one week and another one and another one and another one so I found myself researching on how it works daily.com on the science of feelings and emotions. Well, I've done some studies personally before and decided to just put together something that is easy to understand. And for feelings and emotions, let's never forget that our ancient brains evolved the perfect way to keep us safe. And they do so by controlling the chemicals in our minds to moderate our behavior. So the question is, how are you feeling right now? For me, I feel like crap. That's the whole answer that I can give you. Are you relaxed, laying down on your sofa and listening to the gentle sounds of the dawn chorus outside your window? Probably yes, probably not. For me again, that's something that I'm yearning for but I'm not gonna get it anytime soon because I'm feeling really bad right now. Now maybe you're tense with your shoulders hunched up around yourself as you try to get some five minutes of peace in a busy office Maybe there are things going on in your life up and down and your feelings and emotions are just changing and changing. You'd think that it's easy to work out if we're happy or sad, angry or calm. But humans cycle through such a vast array of emotions. And this is throughout our entire lives. So much that it can be difficult to 
distinguish them from one another. Emotions are not a simple experience. Every time you feel something, your body initiates a physiological change. There's a chemical release that happens and a behavioral response. This process involves multiple processes working together, including your major organs, neurotransmitters, and the limbic system. Your limbic system is the most primordial part of your brain, thought to have first evolved in animals. It's filled with ancient neural pathways that activate our emotions. This is in response to stimuli and controls our fight or flight response through the autonomic nervous system. This response evolved from a need to make decisions based on our emotions. As our body fills with adrenaline and our heart starts racing, we prepare to react. Do we stay or fight the bear that has come scavenging for our food? Or do we flee somewhere safe? We can still feel the effects of this response. When we are confronted for not doing the dishes, we might feel the same flight or fight response as our adrenaline starts to flood our system. Our heart rate and breathing increases. The fine hairs on our arms might stand on end. And our hands feel clammy as we decide if we are going to stay and argue or if we are going to escape to the safety of our bedroom. Now, the biological sensations in our bodies in response to emotions can feel very similar to one another. Imagine your palms sweating, feeling your cheeks warm as they flush red, and your heart pounding in your chest. You could feel this because you are sitting nervously in the dentist waiting room, or you could be excited as you wait to see your loved one after they return from a holiday or from a trip abroad. The physiological reaction is the same. The interpretation of emotions is our logical brain rationalizes these responses and describes them as feelings. We take into consideration the context and label our emotions accordingly. However, we don't all do this the same way because our bodies cause different floods of chemicals in response to different environmental triggers. Each person naturally reacts to situations differently. Have you ever seen someone who's being berated in a meeting but facing the onslaught with nothing more than a slightly raised eyebrow? Or watch as someone finds out bad news but keeps their composure? You're sure that you would have raised your voice or burst into tears but our responses are defined by how our neurons are worked together. Our past experiences and our genetics influence our brain chemistry and therefore our physiological responses, which in turn determine how we react to various situations. Like someone cancelling on us last minute or surprising us by showing up at the front door unannounced. At times our emotions can feel like an irrational response, but our brains have carefully evolved these mechanisms with just one target, keeping us alive. While we interpret different emotions as positive or negative, the most ancient parts of our human brain developed them on the principle that we must survive. We evolved emotions as a means of communicative function and to help us navigate social interactions and our environment. All this together safely, they're designed to protect us. Our fear responses are originally a survival tactic. They warned us of potential dangers such as our innate unease around spiders and snakes. Then there is the feeling of disgust, which warns us of food and other substances that may be dangerous. Our other emotions are responses to social interactions that keep us part of a group because we are fundamentally a social species. And throughout our evolution, we've relied on our tribe to help us survive by working together to find food and shelter. There's anger, which is a response to perceived social threats or a signal of dominance pride, which can help us boost our social status, while shame is intended to decrease our standing within a group. 
These emotions maintain a social balance of environment safety. They're designed to protect us. Our fear responses were, again, originally a survival tactic that warned us of potential dangers. These emotions do maintain the social balance of our tribe. Who we follow, who we trust, who we care about. The fundamental emotions that motivate us individually are most always sadness and happiness. Sadness resulting from loss and serves the biological purpose of motivating a person to recover that loss, whether it is a young child searching for their mom in the supermarket or trying hard to get a new job after being dismissed. But the ultimate human emotion is happiness, and we are all in search for it. When you're sitting around a campfire, safe in the countryside with someone close and good food and stuff like that, you feel happy because you've found the resources that your primitive brain is seeking. This species of ours is drawn to so much happiness because this emotion is our brain's reward system for finding environment where we are free from threat. A healthy human brain copes with sadness when social bonds are broken, communicates with our loved ones and can recognize and regulate our emotions even when they do not feel particularly positive. Basically the premise of this is to show us that different things determine how we feel and the responses that we show when it comes to different environments. Ever thought of somebody who moves on from losing a loved one so quickly? Well, I'm pretty sure you've come across somebody who lost their mom, their dad, and two, three months later, they seem to be just fine. It's not that they don't know how to grieve or could put a whole heavy bug on them for not understanding grief or moving on too quickly. There's the other person who will never ever move on and that loss will affect them physically and emotionally. It's just how, based on genetics and based on this research, we understand how feelings and emotions are. There's somebody who will react to something this way and another one will react to it that way based on lived experiences, based on the traumas we've gone through. So many things determine how we react to experiences. Again, I've always mentioned in this podcast the idea of neuroplasticity, that our brain changes based on what we see, what we don't see, what we do and what we don't do. So this again plays part in how we feel and the emotions that we do face day in, day out. 